and he published it. Just a few lines. They are not continuous um, uh, articles. They're just like scribblings, you know, a random thought here or there. But they're remarkable. And there, when I was reading that book, somebody presented it to me at Gadgets. When I was reading that book, I came across one line which struck me. It's a quotation from the Ashtavakra. And he says, Nishreya Shanji made a, made a comment, other than you, there is no Jiva, there is no Ishwara. The only sentient being, that the Jiva, is you. Only God that there exists is you. And he gives a reference. 15th chapter of Ashtavakra, 16th verse. And then he, within brackets, he makes a comment there. Read verses 4 onwards to understand this. 15th chapter of Ashtavakra, verse 4 onwards to understand this, what I've just said. So I went to the Ashtavakra and I started reading. I had never noticed it. There's a remarkable sequence there from the fourth verse of 15th chapter onwards. So what I will do today is we will read the Ashtavakra. We'll read it together. I will read it and expound it and we'll share these thoughts together. So from that sequence, which I, this clue just, I, I got this from an observation, just casually tossed aside by Nishraya Shanji decades ago. You will see what he meant. Ashravakra Vino is one of the highest, most radical texts of non-dualism. Normally I don't do this. I've given a talk on Ashravakra maybe once or twice. Um, there are the texts on uh, what are, you know in, in Vedanta the process of learning and assimilating Vedanta goes through three phases: hearing, reasoning, and meditating. Shravana, manana, nididhyasana. We have heard it so many times. Now some texts are shravana pradhana. Their, their emphasis is on actually hearing and assimilating the text. Some texts are manana pradhana. Pradhana means emphasis. The emphasis is on reasoning. So there, there are dialectical works. Advaita Siddhi, Khandana Khandakadya, Chitsukhi. makes your head spin if you read a couple of sentences also. Tremendous fireworks of argumentation, logic, and dialectics. So those, these are, those are manana pradhana, the emphasis. Same truth, but the emphasis is on philosophy and logic and argumentation. And there are a few which are nididhyasana pradhana, which are, but the emphasis there is not on argumentation or philosophy. The emphasis there is on stabilize, and stabilizing the wisdom that you have got, on centering yourself in the Atman, in the non-dual awareness, meditation. Reading texts like Ashtavakra is absolutely nididhyasana. You read it consciously, aware, present to what you are listening to, what you are hearing, it is equal to with non-dual meditation, the nididhyasana. Byram, who translated it, he was a professor of English trained in Oxford University, he taught here in the United States. He made a beautiful translation, a heart of awareness. In the introduction, he writes, when all the teachers and all the scriptures of the world and all the philosophers have had their say and fallen silent, Ashtavakra begins. The words, he says, they are like, they are so luminous as if they appear from a mass of radiance on these pages. 
And they hardly seem to stay there before they disappear back into that mass of radiance. Very beautiful English, no, he writes. In Ashtavakra, you will not find arguments. You will not find stories. You will not find uh, uh, subtle philosophy or metaphysics. None of it. You will find only one thing. You will not even find many things. You'll only find one thing, who we truly are, the absolute, the non-dual reality, again and again and again in a grand monotony till it becomes the only reality. So, really, wherever you pick up Ashtavakra, you're going to hear the same thing. And here too. But it's a very beautiful sequence. So let's meditate on our true nature, on Brahman, this morning. I will chant and I will make a few observations. Listen to what Ashtavakra has to say. And listen not only with the ears, not only with the intellect, but listen with the heart. And notice it. I'll tell you one thing. A little secret. Swami Vivekananda called it the open secret. Not one thing that Ashtavakra says here is beyond your experience right now. It's right there. Right now. We have it. This non-dual reality, this mass of illumination, radiance, consciousness, consciousness, whatever you say. We just chanted, Chidananda Rupa Shivoham. We have a feeling, it's a wonderful thing. One day I will realize it. Then it will be a reality for me. But you know what will happen when you do realize it? You will say, oh, it was there all along. I never knew. It's there right now. Equally for the illumined and for the non-illumined. The illumined just know it, they recognize it. And the non-illumined, we miss it all the time. I remember a monk Many, many years ago, 20, 25 years ago, I was a young novice, very interesting monk. He took me aside suddenly one day and he whispered to me, just this one, one sentence, you know Vishwarup, that was my name as a novice, you know Vishwarup, it's right here, we are missing it a thousand times every moment. Sri Ramakrishna's story, which I have come to appreciate, he says there's a washerman, poor washerman, who found a diamond. He didn't know what a diamond was, but he thought it's a nice rock, unusual rock, but a nice rock nevertheless, good to scrub clothes with. He was a washerman after all. <laughs> so he started scrubbing clothes with it. But then one day he thought, it's an unusual rock. Let me ask my friend, the vegetable seller. He is wiser than me. He will know what it is. So he asks his friend, vegetable seller, who says, yes, you're right, it's an unusual rock. Give it to me and I'll give you a bag full of brinjals or potatoes or something like that. But luckily this man persisted. He went to somebody who was wiser and somebody who was wiser finally went to a, a diamond merchant. A diamond merchant. And the diamond merchant said, this is the most magnificent diamond I have ever seen in my life. I'll give you 10 million rupees for it. Uh, and all the wants and the sorrows of the poor washerman were removed forever. Now, he had it all the time, but he didn't know its value. He used it for scrubbing clothes. This non-dual reality, this pure consciousness, Ashtavakra speaks about, we have it all the time, right now. We don't recognize it for what it is. You know what we use it for? Scrubbing clothes, we use it for, we use it for hating and quarreling and feeling depressed and feeling annoyed 
We hate it, use it for desiring, ambition, greed. We use it for religion and war and theism and atheism. All the time, it is that one consciousness. We are using it for seeing and hearing and smelling and tasting and touching. It's the one light of our lives. That shining, everything else in our life shines. By its light, everything is revealed in your life. And yet we pay no attention to it. We are like that washerman with a diamond whose value he knew not. Today we have come to the diamond merchant. <laughs> Ashtavakra is a diamond merchant. He is going to tell us, he is not going to give us anything new. He is just, just going to point out to us the value of what we have already got. And I have said, let's start. So 15th chapter, we'll start with verse number 4. As Nishresh Anji pointed out, he said, read from verse 4 to understand this. Natvam deho nate deho bhokta karta navabhavan chidrupo si sada sakshi nirapeksha sukham chara. He says, contrary to what we all think, you are not the body. You're not the body. And obviously all non-dual teachings start with this. Because our, we are firmly convinced we are the body. So it had to start with that. You are not the body. And even more remarkable. You, the body is not yours either. You are neither the body nor is the body yours. It has nothing to do with you. What a stunning claim. We think that this is all we are. And then we start from this. And here it cuts at the very root of our illusion of samsara. You are not the body, nor is the body yours. You are not a doer, you are not an, a sufferer. And what are you? If I'm not the body, then what am I? You are pure consciousness, of the nature of pure consciousness. Chidruposi. Ever the witness. Sada Sakshi. We will see this a little more in detail here. Sukhamchara. Be free, nirapeksha, independent and free. Sukhamchara, keep on experiencing the, li the life that is in front of you within bliss. Now, what does he mean here? Natvam deha. We are, we are not the body. How does Vedanta explain this? I, I will not spend too much time on it. I have spoken about it on other forums. But quickly, I'll touch upon not arguments, but rather pointers. I will show, Vedanta shows us how we are not the body. Here is the body. How am I not the body? Well, the very fact that we are saying, here is the body, that means the body is an object of our awareness. We are aware of the body. What do I mean? It's good to proceed slowly and carefully here. What do I mean when I say we are aware of the body? We see the body. Isn't it? Something very philosophical, very subtle. No, no, we see the body. See, hear, taste, touch, smell. So if it's very hot and sweaty, you can smell the body also, unfortunately. So, the body is clearly an object of awareness. We are the experiencer, the body is experienced. Just as you experience these things, the tables and chairs and cups and plates, similarly, no differently, do you experience the body. In one of the texts, Upadesha Sahasri the student, when he's told this, the, he asked the master, but it hurts if you pinch me. If you hit the, uh, the desk, it doesn't hurt me. But if you, hurt, if you hit me here, it, 
He actually, the word he uses is, if I'm burnt in my hand, it hurts. How can it be the same as this desk? But look even more closely. Yes, it does hurt. But that hurt, that experience which comes, is that not also an object of experience? Is it also not revealed by awareness? If it were not, imagine how silly it is to say, it was very painful, but luckily I didn't feel it. How was it painful then if you didn't feel it? Pain is something that is felt. Most obvious fact, it's an object of awareness. Are you with me? I don't want to lose you at this stage. Then we're totally lost as we go further. If you make an entry at this stage, the rest will be just elaborations. You have entered the garden, and now Ashtabhakra will keep pointing out to us the beauties of that garden. But you must enter the garden. Otherwise, whatever Ashtabhakra says will seem theoretical at best, strange and unbelievable um, even. But it's a fact right now. Is the body not an object of experience? I am the experiencer, the body is an object of experience. I am drashta, body is drishya. Therefore, I cannot be the body. Even the sensations in the body, they are objects of experience. Just like motes of dust floating in a beam of sunlight in the morning. In that beam of our awareness, various sensations, pain, pleasure and all of these things, they come up and they go. Natvam deha. I am the witness. The, I am the experiencer. The body is an object of experience. Remember, Vedanta does not deny your experience. Vedanta does not deny that you are experiencing a body. Vedanta questions your experience. What exactly is it that you are experiencing? Vedanta asks us to attend minutely, mindfully and carefully to the very experience itself. Notice the structure of the experience. You are the experiencer and the body is something experienced. Normally, what we do is, with the body, I experience the world. I see, hear, smell, taste, touch. And so I think, here is the experiencer, that is the experienced. But the same applies to the body also. In this is the experiencer and this is the experienced. Being an object, you are not the body. The body is an object. Again, the body changes. Continuously, it's a fact. From babyhood to childhood to teenage to middle age, old age, the body changes so much. And I am the one who was in that baby body, who was indisputably in the teenage body, in the young person's body, in the middle-aged person's body, and alas, in the old person's body also. I am the same person. Do I ever say the baby's body is not the old person's body? But do I say the I who was the baby and the one who is the old person are two different persons? No, no, I say I'm the same person. How can the same and the not same, the unchanging and the changing, how can they be the same thing? How can I, the same I, the unchanging I, be the changing body? Changing and not changing. Um, savikara, nirvikara. Therefore, I am not the body. Again, one more. Just I can give you half a dozen such pointers. One more. This is a um, powerful but subtle one. Whatever we are, we regard ourselves as sentient, as aware. Right? You are not an unconscious being. You are conscious being. Whatever we are. 
Now, the body, is it conscious or am I conscious of the body? You see, this is something related to the other point I mentioned. You are the experiencer, the body is something experienced. Now, related to this, I'm drawing a corollary. If you are the experiencer, indubitably you are the experiencer, and the body is something that is experienced, then on which side is consciousness or awareness? Experiencer or experienced? Experiencer, obviously. I always feel myself to be aware. And the object is something that I'm aware of. Now, I am the experiencer, the body is experienced. Therefore, I am conscious. And the body is not conscious. It's something I'm conscious of. Are you with me? In all this in Vedanta, in Sanskrit, is just chit jada. Therefore, summing up, I am not the body. Why? Drishyatvat. Because it is drishya. I am not the body. Why? Because it is changing. Savikara. I am not the body. Why? Because it is insentient. Jara. I am drashta, the experiencer. I am nirvikara. I am not making a claim that... Follow this carefully. I am not making a claim that I am unchanging. I am actually pointing out to a felt experience. All of us feel it. You say, no Swami, I am changing. But if you look at, if, you, if I ask you, give me a list of your changes, you will give list of changes of the body or the mind or something like that. But they are objects. Why are they objects? Because they are experienced. What or who is the experiencer? Because they change, savikara, I am nirvikara, I cannot be the body. Because it is insentient, jada, I am sentient, aware, I cannot be the body. You want some more pointers? I can go on. I can give you half a dozen more. <laughs> Another one. Very uh, simple, but it's very simple, but it's very re remarkable also. It's startling in its simplicity and its elegance, but it works. When yesterday a, a lady was saying, I play this game with my children, she said, Kavita, uh, she was talking in that uh, seminar, the Gita convention. She's a doctor and a writer also. She said, I play this game because children, um, it's difficult to talk about seer and seeing and consciousness and object. She says, I play a simple game with my children. I ask them, where am I? Here, but where? It works. Where exactly am I? Here, here, or subtler in the mind. So where am I? If you look at, if you ask yourself the question, Follow this, see it in your experience. Do you not feel I am inside here? We get this intuitive feeling in here. Okay, in here. And the body is something outside me, the in here. Right? In Sanskrit, Pratyak Parakh. One of the names of the self is Pratyagatma, inner self. Now we get an intuitive feeling. I am in here somewhere, here, here, whatever, but in here. If I am in here, then the body is, from my perspective, out there or out here. That which is out to me and I am in, how can the two be the same? Did you follow? Follow it, not logically, but psychologically. Logically also it works, but psychologically, immediately you see it, what it means. You feel, I'm in there. I'm in the house. I'm in the temple. Therefore, I cannot be the temple. I'm in the car. How can I be the car? 
The car is something outside me, enclosing me. The temple is something outside me, enclosing me. We have a similar perception. In fact, the technical term is apperception about ourselves, that I am in here. So, pratyag and parak, body is external to me. External means not out there, but surrounding me like a sheath, kosha it is called. Again, our own experience tells me, therefore I cannot be the body. For all these reasons, I can go on, but we have much, much further to go. This is the first step only. But this is most important. Once you begin to get this awareness, which is unchanging, which is in here, which is consciousness itself, which is the experiencer, not the experienced. This awareness alone is what Ashtavakra will keep speaking about throughout the book. Only one thing. Catch this, you have got God. Don't catch it, spend your life searching. <laughs> One uh, teacher in the Himalayas who was starting, was teaching about Ashtavakra, he said, and I will translate, in Hindi he said, Kab tak sadhak ban ke rahoge? How long will you be a seeker? Why not find it? How long will you be Sadhaka means a spiritual practitioner. When will you be Siddha, the spiritual finder or the perfected? Natvam dehaha, you are not the body. All right, yes, I know, go on. It's my body. Wait, Nati deha, it's not yours. With the next thing, the trick which the mind plays is, yes, 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 I know it's not, um, I'm not the body, but I'm an embodied being and it's my body, clearly. Not clearly, that's a mistake, that's a, that's a trick that the mind plays. It is not your body. Think about the dream example. In our dream, say last night I dreamt, I was walking around in the park, in, in say Central Park in, in New York, in Manhattan, and I woke up here in Washington. Now, that body, which I thought, which I experienced as myself walking in Manhattan, clearly I was not that body, because my real body, if I say that this is my real body, it was in Washington, here. But can I say it was my body? No, because there was no body there at all. It was an appearance in the dreamer's mind. From that perspective also, that's a very philosophical perspective to take, the body is not ours. But in a more common way, one teacher, they put it so simply and directly. He said, ours. How is the body yours? Show me the paperwork. Who told you the body is yours? <laughs> Did you purchase it? No. Did you make it? No. Not even your parents made it. Nature helped. Did you make it? No. Did somebody give it to you as a gift? No. These are the ways. Do you own the materials out of which it is made? No. There's a scientist who said that um, I have finally managed to create life. There's nothing special for, about God. You know, I've managed to create life in my laboratory. And God said, really, show me. And the scientist said, come God, I'll show you. First, you take a little bit of earth. And God said, get your own earth. Do you own the materials out of which the body is made? Obviously not. No question about that. I don't own the materials. Nobody gave it to me as a gift. I don't have any valid paperwork for the body that it's mine. Does it obey you? Not at all. 
It will go in its own way. It will age, decay and die no matter how much you cry, weep and eat gluten free. <laughs> it will go its own way. Yeah, you can manage it a little better. It will not listen to us. How is it mine? How is it mine? Not Date Deha. It is not yours. It's a phenomenon appearing in you, the awareness. Just as this world appears before you and dances before you for some time, this body also appears in you, the awareness, and dances before you, does many things before you. And we, we, the, insen- we the jiva, the sentient being, we get deluded into thinking, this is mine. I am this. Not only this is mine, I am this. And we are trapped. Samsara starts for us. Nate deha. If I'm not the body and the body is not mine, the consequence is na kartana bhokta. Bhavan, sir, you are not an agent of action. You are not the sufferer also. What is an agent of action? I am here speaking to you now. I am the speaker. I am firmly convinced about this. Why? Because I have identified myself with the body and its activities. The ego in the mind. The ego, the I sense. That's a function of the mind, clearly. Did we not just chant? Did you notice something paradoxical about how we started the chant? Mano buddhyahankara chittani naham. What does Shankaracharya say? I am not the mind, I am not the intellect, I am not the memory. I am not the ego. Ahankara na aham. If you translate into English, it means I am not I. What is the ego? I. The real I. The witness consciousness is not the ego. The ego, which you feel now, which we feel now in the mind, is a function of the mind. Proof, if you feel it, it's an object. Feel it right now? I. Yes. What was the one which is aware of that I? If I am not the ego, then I cannot claim the activities of the ego. The ego says, I speak. I am the witness in which the ego is saying, I speak. I am not karta. I am not the doer of any action. I am not bhokta also. Bhokta means the sufferer or enjoyer. In me, the awareness. In a movie, the hero undergoes many troubles. It's a tragedy, terrible. But if you look at it from the point of view of the screen, what troubles and tragedies did the screen undergo? Nothing. A terrible inferno takes place on the screen, a movie. The next movie is about a great storm and a flood. Not Carolina. Did the, the screen get singed and burned by the fire? Did it get um, drenched by the, uh, the, the deluge in the outpour? No. Not at all. Na bhokta. I am not the, not the sufferer. Not the doer of actions, not the sufferer of the results of actions. Yet, this is the beauty of Advaita. It does not deny that these things are experienced. It just denies that they have any effect upon you. Nabhokta. Then what am I? Chidruposi. You are of the nature of pure awareness. Which pure awareness? The one which is asking which pure awareness? That one. There's no such thing. The one which is denying that there's no such thing. That one. 
Shankaracharya says, Yastya nirakarta tasyeva atmasa. The one who denies the possibility that there is such a pure consciousness. It is the pure consciousness alone which is doing it. Through the mind. Somebody asked, that how do I know? I'm, I think I'm beginning to get it. But then the next thing which will happen is the mind will put forth many doubts and try to delude you. And inevitably it happened. This lady, she wrote in desperation, I thought I got it, but it could be an illusion, right? <laughs> that mind which says it could be an illusion, this sudden doubt, to whom, to which light is this doubt revealed? In what light is this doubt shining? It is that non-dual consciousness. In that only this doubt appears. Maybe it's an illusion. Without that consciousness, you would not even doubt that it's an illusion. Jidrupasi, Sada Sakshi. Witness. You are the witness of all actions, all experiences, all objects, the body changing, the mind changing. You are the witness. But here is the beauty of Advaita again. Moment you say witness, we make a terrible, terrible mistake. We think it's a practice. Sada Sakshi, the Atman that Advaita speaks about is not a practice. Whether you are trying to be a witness or you are not trying to be a witness, whether you are terribly involved in the world or whether you are calmly sitting in meditation and observing the breath, you know, breathing in, breathing out. In every case, you are equally, constantly the witness. If you know that Atman as such, you have realized Otherwise, what happens is, the mind begins to, mind is tricky. So it begins to cooperate with you in Advaita. Oh, you want to learn Advaita? I'll teach you. Wait. Sit. Uh, <laughs> what the Swami is saying, what Ashtavakra is saying, you sit still and watch. I will give many thoughts. You watch these thoughts. And now you are the witness. Very good. <laughs> Big trick. I remember one teacher, he was teaching uh, us these things and he said, after teaching like this, you know, how you watch the breath, then you watch the movement of the mind and so on. And he said, well, monks, uh, Mahatma Ji, monks, do you feel you are the witness? Kya Mahatma Ji, lagra hai na ki sakshi ho? That you, are, you feel you are the witness? And the monks, they all nodded, yes, yes, yes. Bahut bade gadde mein giroge. You're going to fall into an especially big pit which you have dug for yourself. What is that big pit? It's the mind pretending to be a witness. Not pretending, it can be a witness. It's called introspection. When you look into the activities of the mind, you can do it right now. But that's an activity also. As long as you do it, it will continue working. And sometimes it will be better, sometimes you'll get distracted. I'm trying to practice witness meditation. Sometimes it's nice, sometimes it's not working. None of it is what Ashtavakra means. The mind trying to be a witness is revealed in the light of this eternal witness. The mind terribly involved in the world, completely forgotten about being a witness, is revealed in the light of this eternal witness. This is what you are. Sada Sakshi. Not artificial Sakshi. Not an artificial witness. Not a constructed witness. Not a practiced witness. What do you do with this witness? Nothing. You have to recognize that you have eternally been from the beginning of time. You have been that witness. Sada Sakshi. Okay, what do I do now? Nirapeksha Sukham Chara. 
happily live your life. Sit in samadhi, not necessary. You want to sit in samadhi, do, do that. You want to serve the world, do that. You want to be a very humble, ordinary person, nobody will notice, very good, do that. Sukhamchara, nirapeksha, fearlessly independent. Nirapeksha means independent. Now you do not, you, the witness consciousness, you do not depend on anything. Let me go further. This is the body. But the mind, what about the mind? The personality, the person I think I am. You now, we know by now, the same arguments, the same pointers apply to the mind also. Next verse. Ashtabhakra is saying, Raga dvesho mano dharmo namanaste kadachana nirvikalpo si bodhatma nirvikara sukhamchara All this is nice, Swami. But the problem is that my mind is sometimes it's spiritual, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's agitated. Um, many people say, well, it, it, I understand this, but when I actually come into contact with that annoying neighbor or my annoying roommate, I lose all of that. I don't, I'm not the witness anymore. I get very involved. So the likes and dislikes of the mind, they, they, how to overcome them? He says, likes and dislikes are characteristics of the mind. Yes. And you have nothing to do with the mind. Nate mana. Just as the body is a phenomenon happening, what you are watching in your consciousness, the mind is another subtle phenomenon which is happening. Oh, but then religion, spirituality, meditation, all those things I need to do to the mind, you may or you may not. It has nothing to do with you. You, the real you. Na manaste kadachana. He goes to the root of the problem. If I am the mind or the mind is something intimately mine, then I have to work on the mind. I have to polish the mind. I have to get rid of the stickiness, the attractions and the worldliness of the mind. Purify the mind. Concentrate the mind. Fill it with noble thoughts, with, with, um, with uh, positive ideas and thoughts. Here he says, why are you so bothered with the mind? It has nothing to do with you. It's so radical. We think, after all, what, everything that has to happen is, is in the mind. He says, not even that. It's true. It's a stunning truth to take up. And we don't want to give it up. We don't want to give it up means the mind doesn't want to give it up. Because the mind is afraid you will, reach, uh, you will understand this truth. Then where will the mind be? If you give up the mind, the mind has no, nowhere to stay. The mind is a machine like the body. It is meant to help you live your life. It is not, somebody said, the mind is a good servant, a bad master, a poor master. We have made the mind our master. There's a verse. Kinkarasya kinkarei kinkari kritaha. Alas, I have been made a servant by the servants of my servant. Who is my servant? Supposed to be my servant. Pure consciousness servant is the mind. And the servants of the mind are the senses. But here I am. A servant to my senses. I say, see this. I go and see this. Tongue says, taste that. I put it into my mouth. I have become a servant of my senses. Who are the servants of my servant? The mind is supposed to be my servant. So, na manaste kadachana. Apply the same arguments. Is the mind an object you are aware of? Drishya, yes. Are you not aware of the mind? 
thoughts in the mind when you look inside? Yes. It's an object. Does the mind change? And say, oh boy, does it change. <laughs> the mind continuously changes. Unhappy mind, happy mind. Curious mind, bored mind. I am the one who experienced the unhappy mind. Earlier I would have said, I, I was unhappy, now I am happy. But now we are Vedantins. We know, we can say, I experienced unhappy mind. I experienced happy mind. I experienced alert mind. I experienced bored mind. I experienced annoyed mind. I experienced pleased mind. Mind is changing continuously. And I am the unchanging experiencer, the light behind that changing mind. Changing and unchanging, how can they be the same? And even more radically, consciousness. Where is consciousness? This is something that is beyond doubt in our day-to-day -day dealings. We say, consciousness is in the mind. Ashtavakra says, you would expect something radical from him. No, consciousness is not in the mind. You are consciousness. And the mind borrows consciousness from you. The mind shines in borrowed light. Borrowed from whom? From you. You, the witness consciousness, you shine upon the mind. Simple experiment. Think a thought. Om. Think it now. Om. And when you, no, don't say it, think it. <laughs> when you think it, let me ask you a question. Are you, whatever you are, are you aware of the thought Om or was that thought Om aware of you? Did that Om arise in your mind and say, hello, I am here? No. It arises in you, the awareness, and it disappears as you note its disappearance. You are the awareness in which the mind comes and goes. And mind doesn't have awareness. You are the awareness. That mind, which is an object, that mind, which is continuously changing, that mind, which is insentient, jara, how can it be me, the experiencer, drashta, how can it be me, the unchanging, nirvikara? How can it be me, the chit, the consciousness? Same pointers will apply to the mind also. See whether it's a fact or not. The good way of you know, listening to Ashtavakra is, like many of you are doing it. You close your eyes and you try to feel it. If you close your eyes, if you're feeling particularly awake and interested, you can try closing your eyes and trying to feel it. If you're feeling sleepy, then open your eyes. <laughs> That's always a good idea. Nirvikalposi. Mind is savikalpa, subject to division and modification. Different thoughts, feelings, emotions, ideas keep coming and going in the mind. Throughout our lifetime, how many ideas, how many likes and how many decisions, they have come and gone in the mind. And I, the awareness, have not changed one bit this is nirvikalpasi. It's there, that unchanging awareness. We don't distinguish it from the mind. The mind covers it and I think, I am the mind. The sun, covered by clouds, we think those clouds are the only reality. But those clouds are revealed by the light of the sun which is blazing forth behind them. And here, we are actually behind the clouds, the clouds of the mind. And we have forgotten ourselves, we identify ourselves with the, cl the clouds. Bodhat, then what am I? Bodhatma. The very consciousness is the self. What am I? I am consciousness. Bodhatma. Nirvikara sukhamchara. Live happily. Again and again you see, sukhamchara. Chara means go on experiencing life. 
It doesn't say sit. Now you have realized it. Put on a Gerua cloth and run away to a cave in the Himalayas. No. Do whatever you like. Whatever you like. All great teachings end with this. Sri Krishna and the Gita. Yathecha sitatkuru. Having heard this truth, now I will not give you any rules and regulations. Having heard this truth, Arjuna assured him, I have understood what you have said. I have got clarity. That much. You have got clarity? What you will practice, what you will do, entirely up to you. Do whatever you like. Yathecha sitatkuru. Sri Ramakrishna said, take the knowledge of Advaita. He used a simple Bengali idiom. You know, uh, in rural areas in Bengal, at least earlier, ladies used to tie the keys to the hem of their cloth, the sari. So Sri Ramakrishna used that idiom. He said, tie the knowledge of Advaita, this knowledge, to the hem of your cloth. And then, do whatever you like. It was funny, once a young novice, he was being disciplined by a senior monk. He was saying, hey, why haven't you done this or that? What are you doing? And the novice said, well, I'm practicing what Sri Ramakrishna said. Um, Tie the knowledge of Advaita to the hem of your cloth and then do whatever you like. Oh, so you have tied the knowledge of Advaita to the hem of your cloth. He said, no, I'm practicing half of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing whatever I like. Sukhamchara. There are interesting little undertones to it. There's no time to bring that out. Nirvikara Sukhamchara. When you are experiencing the world, to experience something, there must be change. Our, I see this, then I see that, and then I see that. My eyes are changing all the time. My mind is also changing. He says, unchanging experience the world. Nirvikara. So body will keep changing and acting. The senses will keep acting. The mind will be functional. But you are unchanging. And yet who experiences? You experience with the help of the body-mind. Alright, so I am this unchanging consciousness in this body-mind. So many bodies and minds here. How many consciousnesses? 100 consciousnesses? 7 billion consciousnesses? If you take all the animals and all that, trillions of consciousnesses? He says, no. Ashtavakra says, there is only one awareness. We are all in that one global awareness. We are that global. You're not part of it. If you say part of it, then it becomes Vishishta Advaita, qualified monism. Advaita says, you are it. There is no whole or part there. Sarva Bhuteshu Chatmanam Sarva Bhutani Chatmani Vijjaya Nirahankaro Nirmamastvam Sukhi Bhava Beautiful, luminous. All beings Sarva Bhuteshu Chatmanam In all beings is this one awareness which I experience here as myself. This awareness alone is everywhere. Sarva Bhutani Chatmani Where are all beings? All beings are in that awareness. All uh, that awareness itself is in all beings. And all beings are in that awareness. Which awareness? I. I alone am in everybody. And everybody is in me. Knowing this, Vijaya, Knowing this, realizing this. Nirahankara nirmama. Free from ego and egotism. How are you free? Will the ego work? Yes. Just as the ego is working, every body and mind, in every mind, in this mind also, ego will keep on working. But clearly, I am not that ego. 
In this way, be free of I and mine. I and mine, samsara. The unaffected witness of the I and mine, free of samsara. Sukhi bhava, live in bliss. When? Right now. How long? Forever. Vishwam spurati yatredam taranga eva sagare tattvam eva nasandeha chinmurte vijvaro bhava How beautiful. Not only are all sentient beings none other than I, the consciousness, but what about this universe? What about stars and planets and chairs and tables and quarks and quasars? What about them? He says, the entire universe rises and falls in you just as waves rise and fall in an ocean. Taranga Ivasagari. The waves are nothing different from the ocean. The ocean alone appears as various waves, big and small. You, the awareness, you alone appear as this entire universe, the sentient and the insentient. Chit and Jara, both are you, the one consciousness. Is it a claim? No, actually, if you notice, just notice exp your experience. Don't go back to your school books. I am a, a physical living being here, brain generating awareness, and through that awareness, I'm experiencing an external existing world. Our experience does not support this. It is true at one level, at the level of science. But if you go... Phenomenologically, if you notice your experience, you will see everything you experience tautologically, uh, it has to be like that, appears in you, stays in you, and disappears in you, the awareness, not you, in you, the body. Uh, waves, like waves in an ocean, stars and planets, quasars and quarks, they appear and disappear in you, the awareness. Tattvameva, they are nothing other than you. Nasandeha. There is no doubt about this. It's not a claim to be proved philosophically or scientifically. Just look at your experience. See, when you say, I am the entire universe, you can ask questions. You know, like, um, I remember in a class, somebody raised a question that, no, don't ask questions right now, but what I mean is, <laughs> simple, stick to your experience. One teacher asked, uh, one, one of the monks asked, wait a minute, I am everywhere, hold on, hold on. I am here, I am not even there. How can I be everywhere in the universe? You know what mistake, you can see what mistake the person is making. What is here? The body is here. I am here, I am not even there. I don't even pervade the, this room. The largest person cannot pervade this room. <laughs> and how can I, how, how do you say I am pervading the entire universe? I am here and not there. You know what the answer of the teacher was? Ah, but here and there, are they both not in your awareness? You are aware of here in your awareness. You are aware of there in your awareness. Think about a dream. Looking out into a vast space, Grand Canyon. Here and there. When you wake up, that entire space was imagined in your mind. Here and there, both were your mind. That's a dream example. Exactly something like that is happening in awareness, in consciousness. Then what do you do? I've got a few minutes more. Yes. Next verse. 
there's a very beautiful chinmurti vijwara bhava oh pure consciousness what is your form not man woman whatever not like this your murti the form is consciousness murti literally means image but the image of the divine so your murti your form is consciousness only in uttarakhand where the monks live so sometimes there are feasts like parties for monks and you get invited sometimes these feasts are open everybody can come all the monks can come sometimes they're limited so when they're limited uh, every ashram every monastery gets a fixed number of invitations so they will come the the monk who is in charge of inviting monks from other ashrams he'll turn up at your monastery and he and you will ask him kitne murti how many how many forms are invited because we are all one consciousness so how many forms are being teen murti they'll give you three three passes three forms of pure consciousness are invited vijwaro bhava look at the words be free of fever life is but a fretting and a fever it's all meaningless until you look at the one behind everything sri ramakrishna said everything here is a zero if you catch hold of the one then every zero gets valued 1 0 10 2 0 100 3 0 a 1000 but remove the one you line up 20 zeros zero the one is this awareness which you always are this immortal awareness add to it learning and success and um, relationship and art and science all very nice without that add these things it will lead to despair and frustration and existential angst and terror and fear of death i'm going to end with death so there are two verses here <laughs> i would like to mention that गुणे संविष्टितो देहति गच्छत्वृद्धि क्वच वाहिन्मात्रूपिण very beautiful it says this body is made of the gunas of prakriti basically it is made of five elements in vedantic or sankhyan cosmology and the five elements are nothing but the three gunas sattva rajas tamas of prakriti you are none of them they are all appearances in you but you are none of them you are not affected by it they are made of these gunas whatever is made of the gunas or of the five elements body made of five elements made of five elements in sanskrit prapancha this is a word we use in many indian languages prapancha means pancha means five elements prapancha prakrishtena pancha which means the five elements in elaboration what is the five elements in elaboration this it's basically the earth and water and fire and air and space whatever is made of these will fall apart one day ayati it comes the body is born tishthati it is there it grows a child and teenager and young person middle aged person old person yati it dies and goes away you naganta naganta you never came you never went it is in you that the whole drama happened the movie played on you the screen of consciousness 
You never came and went. I will be the witness of my death. This consciousness was the witness of the birth of the body. It will be the witness of the death of the body. It's completely unaffected by it. Let it come, let it go. When it comes, welcome. Have come and have a cup of tea. When it goes, tata, goodbye. Absolutely, that's the way you deal with death. Dehas tishtatu. Let the body remain. Kalpantam, till the end of ages. Gachatu adyeva vapuna. Let it go today. Let it die today. It's not even this of the slightest iota, you know, the, the phrase, skin of my back, nothing. Absolutely not. How many bodies have come and gone? It is nothing to you. What gain is there if it remains for ages? What loss is there to you, the pure consciousness, if it goes away right now? Let the movie play for three hours. Let it be switched off now. Screen is neither increased by it nor decreased by it. Chinmatra Rupina. You are consciousness only. Let me end with the verse which Nishreshanji mentioned there. The 16th verse. There are many other beautiful verses in between. They are all meditations on the same thing. So what does he say? Tavei vajnanato vishwam tvamekaf paramarthata tvatto anyo nasti tvatto anyo nasti samsari nasamsari chakashchana This is 16th verse of chapter 15th. Not knowing this truth, samsara appears to you. The appearance will continue exactly like this, but it becomes samsara for us because we do not know the underlying truth. After you know the underlying truth, exactly the same thing will still appear to you, but the whole thing is transformed and blessed. Not knowing your, the truth about yourself, vishwam, agyanato vishwam, tvamekav paramarthata, you alone are that one consciousness in reality, not a body-mind in a vast world, a tiny speck of matter, not like that. Other than this awareness, this one, right now, by the one with which you are looking out at me and listening to these words, other than this awareness, there is no jiva, no Ishwara. It is this awareness alone with this body and mind which calls itself a jiva, a sentient being. It is this awareness alone with the power of maya which calls itself Ishwara, the god of religion. This one consciousness alone. I remember, I'll end with this, a very senior monk under whom I lived for some time in a monastery, he used to go to Swami Premeshananda. Swami Premeshananda was a disciple of the Holy Mother. And even in his lifetime, he was regarded as a Brahma Jnani, as an enlightened person, Jivan Mukta. So this Swami, who was a young student at that time, he, this, uh, he had this experience. Many decades later, he told me, as a very old Swami, he told me this. He said that I had gone once to Swami Premeshananda, and I bowed down to him, and I looked up, and the old Swami was sitting there, and he put his finger like this and touched me on the, my forehead, just like this, tapped me. And I jerked my head back in surprise. And he said, this is, I'm quoting the exact words, there, 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 that one which reacted in surprise, that one, that awareness, other than this, there is no God.
I'm tuning it down. His words were more, I would say, had some slang in it. He said, I'll tell you what he said in Bengali exactly. Oi, oi, oi. There, there, there. Oi je chumke utlo. That one which reacted in surprise. O chara, other than that. Kono shala bhagavan ne. There is no rascal called God. But you have to understand this carefully. Ashtavakra has to be dealt with very carefully. It's explosive. If you don't deal, it, deal with it carefully, what it can do, the damage it can do is that for an immature mind, it can destroy whatever little religious faith and belief we have and turn us not into the absolute, but into absolute materialists. <laughs> Go straight back into samsara. No, don't deal with it like that. It is the highest spirituality. It's God and God alone. The ultimate reality, and that alone is talked about. So, deal with it carefully. When he says, that one which reacted, he does not mean the body, he does not mean the mind which was surprised, it, he means that light of awareness which enables the mind to be surprised and the body to jerk back in, in, in surprise. That one awareness. Catch hold of that, and your work is done. I pray to... Sri Ramakrishna, Holy Mother, and Swamiji. Swamiji especially was very fond of Ashtavakra. Very fond. In some of his lectures you will see, it seems he's speaking so lucidly, he's actually giving a free translation of the verses of Ashtavakra. If you read Ashtavakra and then you read Swamiji, he's sometimes saying exactly the same things. I pray to them, may they bless us that this knowledge may shine in our hearts. I'll share a little secret before I leave. It's not in Ashtavakra. If one really wants this knowledge, pray to her for it. This is, Swami Brahmananda says, somebody asked him, why pray to, God, to the Divine Mother, Kali, Durga, or the Holy Mother, if you are a non-dualist? He said, the keys to non-dual knowledge are in the hands of the Divine Mother. Mayar hate brahmagyanir chavikati. Word to the wise. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tatsat Shri Ram Krishna Rupanamastu